So welcome to The Journey, podcast with a promise, with Family Promise of Collin County. My name is Levita Hamilton, and I am the executive director with Family Promise of Collin County. And today we have joining us Don Sams, Christina Stacy, and Sharon Laird. So today we're talking to volunteers with Family Promise of Collin County, and I will let everyone take a moment and introduce themselves. Um, Christina, would you like to start? Sure. My name is Christina Stacy, and I am the Family Promise Coordinator for Custer Road United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to know about me? Um, that's it so far, and we can kind of just okay. get the introductions out of the way. Don? I am Don Sams, and I'm a member of Trinity Presbyterian Church in McKinney. Uh, we've been with Family Promise since the beginning. And I've volunteered since uh, I started in 2012, just after the first of the year, volunteering with Family Promise. Awesome. You've been with us for a very long time. Sharon? Hi, I'm Sharon Laird, and I am the coordinator, volunteer coordinator at Stonebridge United Methodist Church in McKinney, Texas. And we have been um, a host church since 2011, and I've been the coordinator since 2011. So that's wonderful. So we have two coordinators and host churches, and we have Don, a longtime volunteer. So Sharon, would you like to just kind of um, tell us what you do as a coordinator um, and some of the fun things about being a coordinator with your church? Well, my main function is to uh, get volunteers to be able to be evening hosts Uh, for it's usually a couple hours um, that sit with the families and kind of helps get dinner placed out so that they can serve themselves. Uh, There's also, um, I have people that bring uh, meals, um, dinners, and um, also then evening host, excuse me, overnight host, which is sometimes a, a big challenge, but it's probably the easiest job because I say, well, you get to sleep, so... You know, unless there's a real emergency, there's really not a whole lot to do because usually by then the families are pretty worn out and they're in their rooms and stuff. Um, as far as all the other coordinator stuff, um, what are some of the so what if, what are some of the challenges that you because you mentioned that word challenge. What are some of the challenges that you have as far as um, coordinator and some of the things that a coordinator would actually have to do? Well. Um, really, the overnight is a, is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself am quite there often, quite often there at night. Mm-hmm. But um, our model is that you have two people, so um, that's um, the best thing. But as some of your congregation gets older, it's um, a little more difficult, mm-hmm. perhaps going up the stairs or sleeping on the mattresses, although I find that the blow-up mattresses are more comfortable than the original beds that we had. But um, it can be a challenge, you know, getting up out of those and stuff, or maybe they have other issues. But I, uh, I know we're talking challenges, but a couple stories that I have that I have had several families that like to do overnight and they bring their kids and the kids absolutely love it. They think they're camping out, and, and it's just a great time. So that's, you know, that's another resource that I try to remember that. Um, that um, Challenges, food, no, nothing. Um, sometimes volunteers, we, 
don't ever have any, I don't have a challenge with getting food or supplies or okay. anything. Um, it's helped some since we don't have to load the beds anymore mm -hmm. into the trailer. And for anybody that was involved way back then, and then drive it to another church, have somebody that who could drive it, the trailer and the large van we had at that time. So that part is easier. So, so it, it sounds like it's something that's pretty rewarding for the volunteers coming oh, to hang out with the families. Yeah, it is. And I just love, you know, being with the families and um, seeing how they're doing and love on them when you can. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell if they don't want to be um, loved on in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just fun to be there and wish them, let them know that they're cared about as individuals and the little ones, of course. The kids are always... They're really fun. And how long has your church been involved again? Since day one. Since day one. So you've been with us for a very long time, too. Yes. Um, so switching gears a little bit, Don, so yeah. you are not a coordinator, but you are a longtime volunteer. How has that been for you at Family Promise? Uh, that has been great. Um, I don't think it would have lasted for nine years if it wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed uh, working at the day center, interacting with the, the guests and the families and so forth. And uh, I just love volunteering. Uh, when I retired in 2011, that was going to be my job. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it took me a little while to uh, come up with one that lasted this long. So you you have had interaction with families. Is Is there any particular situation that kind of stands out to you as far as anything that was just like a wow factor with interactions with the families? Because it can be different from time to time. Yeah. Um, no, I just had so many different experiences with mm -hmm. the families that I can't really think of one that was wow. Uh, one of the volunteer jobs that I had uh, going forward in the early days mm -hmm. I had a 32-year-old, they had a 32-year-old mother mm -hmm. um, that had never driven. Mm -hmm. And my job was to teach her to drive so she could, so she could uh, get her driver's license and drive. And eventually, uh, someone gave her, another organization gave her a vehicle mm -hmm. to drive to. So that was very rewarding for me. So how was that driving lesson? <laughs> Well, I know it can be difficult teaching a teenager how to drive. Well, I so a 32-year-old, teaching a 32-year-old how to drive, you know, they're already kind of setting their ways. And yeah. so how was that? Well, she wasn't setting her ways. She <laughs> was scared to death. Oh, was she? And that was her problem, yes. Uh, I had to make her comfortable. Yeah, she mm -hmm. was very timid. I yeah. remember her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also taught a teenager who had his permit to drive, but he... Uh, wasn't able to get his license yet. He wasn't 16. Mm -hmm. And so I drove with him just for practice and so forth. But, uh, those are the couple of the interesting experiences. That actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah. That, and I know it had to be rewarding and probably pretty special to that individual learning how to drive at that yeah. age. I just uh, had a thought here this last week as I was thinking about that, and I just... Wondered what my liability was. Having, yeah, yeah. I, I Whoops. Didn't, do any, didn't do anything special there, but maybe I should have. <laughs> so I, I became familiar with uh, Family Promise early on, too, because mm -hmm. Trinity was also one of the 
day one churches. Okay. And one of the, I was on the outreach and missions committee at Trinity. One of our members of that committee was also a member of the steering committee for Family Promise. Mm-hmm when they were trying to get the member churches and organize and everything. And so every month when I went to that uh, mission committee meeting, we got an update on how Family Promise was doing as far as moving forward mm-hmm. towards opening up a program. Oh, okay. And uh, they, they opened up in the fall of 2011. And uh, when I retired, in, uh, I retired in June of 2011. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, in the fall there, after they opened up, the director, they had one employee. She was overwhelmed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were asking for volunteers. I remember and, hearing about that. Yeah, they had, were asking for volunteers, so I volunteered. And I did a lot of things for her. I mean, uh, I made a little list the other night just uh, for, for grins to remind me. Um, I started out answering the phone for her mm-hmm. and screening calls. Uh, I also, at that time, they accepted food donations oh, okay. and clothing donations. So I took in all the food, sorted it, put it on shelves, so forth like that. And the clothes I sorted by size and sex, put them in tubs, and we had a little storage unit mm-hmm. behind our building at that time. And that was full of tubs of, of clothes that had been donated. And I did all that sorting and took care of that. I've all, always mowed the lawn, no matter where, mm-hmm. which facility we're at. Uh, you were mowing the lawn when I pulled up today. <laughs> yeah. I've always done that. Uh, other things I did early on were take uh, the guests to doctor appointments. Mm-hmm. If they didn't drive or didn't have a car, even if they could drive. Uh, take them to Allen Community Outreach to pick up whatever they might need for their family, mm-hmm. let them shop, and so forth like that. Uh, so later, you've pretty much touched on everything at Family Promise. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, I really, that, that first coordinator was, like I say, was really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had as many as four families in the full 14, mm-hmm. and we were in a tiny building, three rooms, and two of those rooms, one was an office, one was storage, and the other room was the, the main living area. And so it was very crowded, and my, the phone was in that living area, so I had to accept calls and so forth right in front right of the Right in front of the families. <laughs> yes. Well, and it couldn't have been much bigger than the kitchen is here. Which, right. you know, the three. It was the water tower for a uh, water building for the city of Lucas. Oh, that's that right. Down the you road. told me that. And, yeah, when I first saw it, because when I finally came to the day center was the month after we had moved here mm-hmm. to the Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. And it's like, wow. <laughs> so, Christina? Yes? How, how are you involved with Family Promise? Well, um, I'm currently, as I said, the coordinator for Custer Road United Methodist. Mm -hmm. Um, Previous to that, I was a volunteer at the church, usually um, an evening volunteer Mm -hmm. with the families. Um, But our long-term coordinator had moved, and she had put out a call asking if anybody would, you know, consider taking over. 
and I kind of prayed on it for a while, mm-hmm. and um, it just kept tugging at my heart. <laughs> and uh, so I, I said, I said yes. I raised my hand, and you know, honestly, I think I called her and was like, you know, it'd been several months since she had first asked, and I think part of me wanted it to be filled already. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I, I said, oh, I suppose you probably found someone already, but in case not, I think I would, you know, like to do that. And she came back and was like, when can we meet? <laughs> so we, um, we met and, and, you know, the rest is history. So I've been doing the coordinating for about three and a half years now. And so you, both you and Sharon are, are coordinators. So Christina, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you the same question I kind of asked Sharon. I know there's some rewarding times to all this and there's some challenges. Um, and that's just even with being a volunteer with a nonprofit anyway. So are there any stories that you can share as far as from your end as a coordinator and a volunteer? Well, um, you know, every rotation is different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're going to have families who are really easygoing and everything goes smoothly and you have no issues. And other times you'll have families who are really struggling. You know, Mm -hmm. we've, we've had some situations where, you know, as a coordinator, I've gotten that call in the middle of the night that said, you know, one of our guests is you know, in this case, having a panic attack Mm -hmm. and how, what do we do? You know, we had to, um, you know, she went to the hospital and we had to figure out, you know, how we needed to address this. So it all worked out, but you know, there are times when it can be challenging because the guests are in really, really stressful situations. Mm -hmm. And when you add kids to the mix, um, and different, you know, individuals, together, families together. It's not always easy. Um, I can think of one time that actually was kind of one of the more challenging um, rotations that we had. And I'm not going to get too much into this, but I will just say the get, that one of the families was a guest. Mm-hmm. They were actually members of our church. Oh, okay. So they were very, you know, um, anxious and they didn't want anybody to know that they were homeless, which I could totally understand. So I had to be very conscientious of that. Mm -hmm. I had to make them feel comfortable and also totally respect their privacy. Mm -hmm. We always respect privacy, but even more so. So like, for instance, we usually put um, signs on their bedroom doors that says, welcome, you know, Mary and Frank or whatever their names are. In this case, we had to just say like, welcome Superman and Supergirl, (laughs) you know, and we couldn't, we couldn't put their names because the church is available to people during the week and we would never want their names to be there. And somebody noticed that and say, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I know that family. So anyway, that was, um, one of the more challenging, interesting times. Um, but, you know, we work through it. Every, every rotation is different. Some go really smoothly and some are a little more challenging, but it always works out. So as coordinators, and, and Sharon did kind of mention some of the roles at the volunteer play, and she mentioned um, over the overnight, not the overnight guest, the overnight host. So right. can you kind of explain what an overnight host would do? Sure. So um, in our um, sign-up 
you know, uh, volunteer sign up. We use a sign up genius Mm -hmm. and we have, like Sharon said, three different roles. So people who bring the meals, people who um, stay with our guests in the evening and eat the meal with them and get them settled in. And then we have an overnight um, host. And we, uh, again, also require that there's two people. We prefer it to be a male and female, but sometimes we just can't can't help it. It's going to be, you know, two males or two females. Mm-hmm. Um, and that person actually comes later in the evening, about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And they just help the guests get settled down for the night. And they basically kind of are there to, to just make sure that everything goes okay in the middle of the night. Nobody needs anything. There's no emergencies. And then they just um, get up with the families in the morning. Usually the families are up already, but there's been times when the overnight um, host has had to wake up the families Mm -hmm. and then just make sure that they get out the door. Um, Our church is used for a lot of activities during the day, so they have to be out by 7 a.m., so it's a really early morning. But the overnight host usually um, puts the coffee on Mm -hmm. or, you know, gets a little bit of um, to-go breakfast kind of ready. Usually breakfast is pretty hurried, mm-hmm. but, um, and that's it. And and we always make sure that the overnight host has their own room. Um, they will sleep on a blow-up mattress, just like our guests. Um, they bring their own bedding and their own toiletries and that. And mm-hmm. then they're usually out by 7 a.m. as well. And, and so... Sharon, you mentioned meals. So we have two sets of volunteers coming in under the coordinator. So we have volunteers that bring in those the meals for the families as well, right? Well, yes. And I I think all our churches kind of do it differently. Mm-hmm. I divide up my dinners okay. at my church, and therefore someone can bring dessert, someone can bring the entree, and somebody can bring the side dish. Okay. And especially if we have a full house, mm-hmm. I just try to... First of all, it gets more people involved, but it also isn't overwhelming for somebody who maybe is not, oh gosh, I got to cook for, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times we don't have that many, but it's so, uh, and and then I have people that bring stuff for breakfast and lunch. And um, I think each church does it slightly different. They might do it where somebody brings something every day, Mm -hmm. or they I have people bring breakfast every day, and then lunch stuff we bring in the beginning, and we see how it goes, and then we add to it if we need to, because a lot of times, for one reason or another, they don't take lunches. Maybe their kids are on lunch program, or who knows? I mean, we have... Um, supplies for the families to take any leftovers, of course, Mm -hmm. from dinner. And uh, they can take those, like, to work if they're working or whatever. But, you know, I... Most of us provide, I think, like Sam, you know, easy making stuff and easy okay. breakfast. Breakfast is always, they're flying out the door and, mm-hmm. hello, did you want to take something for breakfast? <laughs> and the families are, the families have to be out of the church yes. at a certain time. Okay. Yes, at seven. And typically it's um, in, not before six. Oh, okay. And... <clears throat> Christina, you, you've been involved. So as a volunteer, before you became a coordinator, you were actually um, able to, were you doing the overnight hosting or how did you, what was your role as a volunteer before you became a coordinator? I typically did evening volunteer. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I always found that to be really fun because mm-hmm. I'm kind of a talker. So, you know, I had no problems just 
kind of trying to make the guests feel really comfortable. And um, I was comfortable with that. Um, I was a little intimidated by the overnight uh, volunteer. Again, like Sharon said, it is the easiest of the jobs because you're basically sleeping there Mm -hmm. and you're not really having to do much interacting. Um, But people are uncomfortable about that. They're not sure if they're going to be able to sleep and, um, you know, but since I became the coordinator, I've done a lot of overnights Mm -hmm. and I think it's really easy. It's very simple. I actually, that's how I was introduced to Family Promise. I was an overnight host with another volunteer at Trinity. And so it was, it was very rewarding. I mean, you know, like you said, you get to meet the families and they are from all walks of life. And we played games, we watched movies and we ate and we pretty much slept. So it is a very important job as a volunteer. And it's very important to us family promise to have those volunteers because with out you all as coordinators and Don, you volunteering from the very beginning, walking every step through Family Promise, um, we couldn't, we really couldn't function and we couldn't do this. So our volunteers are really the heart of this program. If it weren't for the volunteers, we would really find ourselves struggling. Um, you coordinators are very important and the volunteers that are listening, who are our overnight hosts and who actually bring our meals. And Don, you are very important as well. Um, it's always a very rewarding thing to volunteer. And you you really never know who you will run into volunteering families or volunteers. Um, Sharon, did you have anything that you would like to say before we close? No, I just think people um, maybe just think a little bit outside the box and you might be surprised. I know they think, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. All you have to do is be a human that cares for people and they can tell that. So, I mean, sometimes the families are, they want to eat and they're gone. They're up in their bedrooms. They don't want to, you know, they've had enough. They don't want to deal with anybody. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're going to sit at the table with you and talk. And, you know, so I know sometimes I worry about um, maybe questions. Well, I don't anymore Mm -hmm. after all this time. But, you know, you have to be cautious of what you ask. You know, you can't get in too deep with If they want to tell you, then that's great. But you just can't be. uh, You have to realize that they may have had to explain their story five million times and they don't want to explain it to every volunteer that's there. So those are the kinds of questions that we need to not ask and that all that should be covered in volunteer training. And Don, how how do you have any closing arguments? Closing arguments. Do you have any closing <laughs> <laughs> Do you okay, have any closing trial. closing statements? Well, uh, I also volunteer as an evening host when we when our church hosts the families. So I see that side of it. But as a volunteer at the day center, I see the struggles that the staff has. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I would suggest is if if you need help, don't be afraid to make it known Mm -hmm. because uh, there are people that are willing to help. For instance, um, we've done a couple of things at our church. There was one year when uh, high school had a Jeans for Teens drive. Mm -hmm. They were overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with jeans. Mm -hmm. And they dropped 1,500 pair Mm -hmm. of jeans off at Family Promise. Wow. And, of course, storage was 
problem number one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then I can see how that would be a problem. <laughs> but then I saw what was happening, and mm-hmm. I, I talked to my men's group at Trinity, mm-hmm. and we got together and organized a daytime yard sale type thing. Mm-hmm. We used the parking lot of a bank and sold these jeans for $5 a piece. When was that, Don? Oh, uh, gosh. I can't tell you the year, probably. Uh, 13 about. or 14, maybe, was after Jackie. Yeah. That sounds familiar to me for some reason. That's yeah. why I asked the question. Well, and the ones that were left over, we took to the uh, Stonebridge Ladies Association okay. in their parking lot at my church, and we <laughs> sold the rest of them there. Yeah. But just in that one day, we yeah. raised like $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but if I hadn't known that there was a need... <clears throat> Uh, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Christina, any any well, any final words, closing arguments, or last statements? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I would just say that um, each weekly rotation that our church does takes it. It requires like an army to make it happen. Mm-hmm. We have. Um, about 50 different slots to fill on that sign up genius. Plus, you know, getting people to donate gift cards and supplies and food for breakfast and that it's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, every time that it's our turn, I stress about it and think, Oh, I'm never going to get all this filled. And every single time we get it filled and we make those guests really comfortable and everything goes smoothly. But um, yeah, I wish people would would sign up earlier and mm-hmm. not wait till the last minute, yeah. um, especially for the overnights, um, because I just kind of um, hold my calendar open that whole week, mm-hmm. thinking I'm going to have to fill in. But I usually I usually don't have to. It's great. It it always works out. But it does take an army, and I appreciate all of our volunteers so much. Like Sharon said. We do um, training at our church. We, we try to do it um, like maybe a few weeks before each rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a training, you know, um, on a Sunday afternoon right after church. And we give them all the information that they're going to need so that they can feel comfortable um, being hosts. You okay. know, it really is not as hard as it seems. But as Sharon said, there are some some tips that you definitely want your volunteers to know about as far as not prying and, and just kind of being respectful of people's privacy and mm-hmm. of their parenting and all of that. So um, we give you the tools, but we totally appreciate our volunteers. We couldn't do it without them. Well, and of course, we appreciate you all and all of the hard work that you all do with the families. And I would like to thank you all for joining us today um, on this wonderful podcast. So until the next time, this is the Journey Podcast with a Promise. 